Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 150 of the beers and bible podcast i am michael and i'm anthony and man it's time to do the things that we like to do which is drink beer talk about the bible have a good time laugh we're, we're probably gonna laugh a lot tonight probably so just given the content <laughs> if you've been following along you know what book is next <laughs> or if you can read because it's on the description of the podcast um, that too Dude, this is the 150th episode. Yes, it is. We have made it. We should play a montage of all of our favorite moments, but we don't have the time or effort for that. So, <laughs> If somebody just, wants to go listen to all of our episodes and put together a montage, we're willing to throw it in a podcast in the future. <laughs> maybe by episode 200, we'll have that. So, I mean, how, how is your week going? What's going on? Oh, gosh. It has been, man, it's been a really busy week for me. Um, just a lot of stuff happening, a lot of moving pieces going on at work and uh, trying to stay caught up on a lot of things. It's end of year. My job gets insane at the end of the year um, just because of what I do with, with finances and things like mm -hmm. that. We have to close out books and make sure everything's balanced and make sure everything's keyed in. So, it's just a... It's a ton of work on top of, you know, everybody else trying to do it with their business. And they're like, hey, we need you to send us these 48 things. And you're like, why? <laughs> so, uh, but other than that, uh, life is good, man. It's uh, it's cold weather down here. I say cold. It's like 30 degrees tonight. So, I don't, uh, wherever you are, I'm, it's probably colder because I'm like almost as far south as you can get. But uh other than being cold, we're just hanging in there and doing the things that we do in South Alabama. How about you guys? What's going on up in Georgia? Oh, same, same, man. We're busy too. I was just telling you that I was uh, out of town for work this week, which um, is not normal for my job. And mm -hmm. uh, on the way back from, we were up in the Nashville area for a few days and uh, on the way back had a long discussion about actually moving into the role I was hired to do instead of nice. the role that was required for me <laughs> to be doing for a while. So that starts, I'm excited to get that started here in a couple of weeks, but um, man, things are good. We're just, uh, you know, we've had sick kiddos the last couple of weeks actually had a, I haven't told you this. Uh, our youngest was, we, um, while I was driving back last night, my wife took him to the emergency room Uh oh, because he's still been, he's had RSV for Ooh, yeah, over a week. And, uh, just wasn't able to keep food down or anything, coughing and hacking and all that stuff. But all's good, all's well. Um, we're just uh, still on the mend from all that, but things are going well, and we're uh, staying busy, getting ready for this. Will come out the Friday of Thanksgiving, so hope That's everyone right. enjoyed Thanksgiving yesterday. Um, it's Black Friday. Today's Black Friday. We hope you're listening <laughs> to us while you're out 
pummeling people and strangers <laughs> trying to get all those deals. Um, Hope you, you got know. your TVs. No, don't pummel anybody, but do get your deals. <laughs> um, and uh, no, we're, you know, things are, it's, it's getting close to Christmas time and we are woefully unprepared. So <laughs> big ditto. <laughs> we're going to get, we're going to get to about December 18th and go, you know what? Everyone's just going to get like gift cards and be done with it. Which, we, which is what we usually do. We, we've already started with the, all right, what kind of stuff can we make uh, to give to people? Uh, mm. that's, a, <laughs> that's a good call. I hadn't thought about that. I may, <laughs> I may make that offer. So anyway, let's get into the beer review for this let's week. We both have a couple of interesting beers. Yeah, we um, do. And I'm really excited about uh, both of them. Why don't you go ahead and go first? Yeah, so uh, I've got, this is a new brewery, never done this one. I uh, found them at my local, one of my local grocery stores here, uh, Distill Brewery. And they are, where did I see that they were? Uh, normal Illinois, dude, normal Illinois. <laughs> That's fun. That's uh, a great name. <laughs> yeah, it is. So they have this thing called the Wild Sour Series, and there was a bunch of them in the store. And so I picked this one out, but it's just called the Alima Hua tropical ale and apparently alimahua is hawaiian for five fruits and there are five different fruits in this beer and they are pineapple coconut mango passion fruit and guava mm. and so this is a tart and full of flavor that's fruity sour six percent abv and i'm kind of excited about it it, it love all those good. things that you just said <laughs> me too so uh what do you have for tonight so tonight I have also a new brewery to the podcast. I have from Upcountry Brewing based in Asheville, North Carolina. I have the Take the High Road Dill Pickle Goza. Oh, man. Uh, from their place. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I seem to remember way, way back, like maybe in the first five episodes, mentioning see, having seen a pickle beer. Mm hmm. And then never like talking about it ever again. <laughs> um, but I saw this and I was like, you know what? It's time. It's Let's it's time. It. It's time to try it. So uh, from their Simply Sour series, um, they are their can. Uh, their website has no information. Yep. On the beer at all, uh, or any of their beer for that matter. If you want an upcountry <laughs> beer, good luck figuring good luck. anything out from their website. Um, so on their can. They have it descriptive as a sour ale with cucumber, dill, pickling, spices, sea salt, and coriander. Comes in at 4.8% ABV. Um, and it's uh it's a it looks like a dill pickle beer. And pickles and pickle juice are one of those things that I just enjoy. Um, I really hope this doesn't ruin any of that for me. I hope not either, because so, that would be terrible. But it was funny, be. and I almost, I almost bought this one. Distill actually makes a, a sour beer that's very similar to yours that has coriander, mm -hmm. and theirs is coriander, lemon, lime, citrus. So I don't know if it's exactly the same. Yeah, well, coriander is a very strong, very oh, distinct flavor. They also have a goza that called the suck, sucker punch pickle brine. Yikes! There you go. <laughs> You ought to make it your mission to find that one. Maybe I will. You never know. So, well, we should so, drink these before they get warm. We should. Here we go. Three, two, one, crack. So I was pretty confident. I went ahead and got two out of the fridge. Yeah. 
Are you are you doubting that now or not so much doubting it? Um I'm just waiting to see what happens, honestly. Just waiting. I'll be honest. The color of this one is slightly surprising. All those different fruits together, and it just looks I don't know if you, you can't really tell. Yours is my, we're the same color, just about. No, mine's very clear. Mine's very yeah. uh clear. Mine's not as clear. Mine smells like pickle. <laughs> like if if you have spilled pickles in beer, that's kind of what it smells that's like. That's what it smells like. Mine smells like fruit salad. Mm. <laughs> like good fruit salad, <laughs> like dude. Those things are salad, yeah. That's hard to beat, too. <laughs> you are not wrong. Well, let's turn them up and see how let's the sour street is tonight. Let's ruin pickles for everybody. <laughs> Bottoms up. Bottoms up. That is so weird. Is it like drinking pickle juice? Not initially, but on the back end, it's very pickle strong. <laughs> See, all right. So I love dill pickles. Like I'll eat just I'll eat just a snack of pickles. Mm-hmm. Would I like that beer? I think so. Probably. I wonder what it would happen if you actually put pickles in it. I'm going to go with a strong. I think so. I, I think you would like that. <laughs> it's not like. You know how like when you finish a jar of pickles and you have just the pickle juice and you're just mm-hmm. like sipping on it for the rest of the day or whatever? Oh, yeah. Um, It's not that kind of strong, but okay. like it's the pickle flavor is subtle, but it's really nice. That's cool. Well, I'm going to let I, you marinate on the pickle for a minute. You like how I did that? Marinate on the pickle? <laughs> Tonight is going to be full of those. That's what <laughs> yeah. she said moments. <laughs> You are not wrong. Um, so this thing right here, um, I wasn't sure how all of the flavors would combine. Pineapple, mm-hmm. coconut, mango. I mean, like, coconut's really sweet. Pineapple is very tart. So you have, like, offsetting fruits here. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, uh, this actually comes together in, like, a, almost like a, a fruit punch type flavor yeah and it's pretty good it's not fantastic it's not it's not like holy smokes five luthers not that good but it is pretty good so if i'm gonna have to rate it i'm gonna have to give it somewhere close to four luthers tonight for me if it's gonna come in at four luthers and i'll stick with it's pretty good so I'm gonna give it four Luthers. Uh let's uh let's get a review on the pickle beer. I gotta have a number on this thing. So the pickle flavor is is good. It's subtle, it's really light. Um I would be curious. I had this thought. Could you make pickles with this? Oh, that would be that make alcohol make experiment. some alcoholic pickles. <laughs> I don't know how that would work. So, um, all that to say, it's historically when beers like nail their descriptions, we give them five Luthers. So I feel like I have to give it five Luthers because it is very much a pickle flavored beer. Yeah. It's not as strong like as a pickle flavor as I would like, Mm -hmm. but it's still really good. So, 
I'll give it five Luthers just <laughs> just because just because it does everything. I say it. That's one of the parameters, but it's not the only parameter. It's not, but it is a really really good beer. You do have to like it too, and it I has to be a description. I mean, I do really like it. I don't know if I would like buy it again really soon. Yeah. That might be one of those things. It's like six months or a year from now. I'm like, oh, yeah, I had pickle beer. I should I should get that again. <laughs> um, but tonight, I will give Up Country's Dill Pickle Goza five Luthers out of five. Nice. Good work, Up Country. Good job earning that five Luther rating. What's Up Country? <laughs> What's up, dog? I don't know. What's up with you? <laughs> so, our beer view for the week has Distill Brewing's Alimahua. Ali uh, sounds right to me. Four, <laughs> <laughs> sounds right for my house. Um, getting four Luthers out of five from Anthony and the Take the High Road Dill Pickle Goza from Upcountry, getting five Luthers out of five from me. Did I say from Anthony on the first one? I don't remember. That doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> they know we'll who we are. <laughs> anyway, so there's our beer review for the week. And after this short break, we are going to continue our uh, walk through the uh, books of the Bible. Sorry, pickle is getting to my brain a little bit, I think. <laughs> um, we're going to continue our, our uh, discussion through the books of the Bible. The next book up is Song of Songs or Solomon. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, and we will do that right after this break. Welcome back to what is going to be two 13-year-olds discussing a book of the Bible tonight. <laughs> <laughs> this is, so um, if you know anything about the book, The Song of Solomon, you know what it is. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and I'm just going to go ahead and apologize ahead of time because I'm sure one of us is going to say something and the other one is going to say, that's what she said. <laughs> well, it's already happened once. Yes. Yes, so it is. It, it may happen a couple more times. <laughs> it may happen a couple more times. We're going to apologize up front for... <laughs> so we don't have to do it when we when we actually say it. <laughs> yes. we're. Is this like pre-confession? We're like confessing our sin before we actually sin? Is that is that how that works? I think this is covered by uh, the blood of Jesus, so I think we're good. <laughs> we're we're think, good no matter I, what. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> oh, man. So Song right. of Solomon slash songs. Let's roll. Let's dive into this thing. So this is a love poem from the beginning. Um, it is uh, a man and a woman. They're going to go back and forth. We're going to talk about that. But it celebrates the book actually celebrates the love between a man and a woman. And, you know, before we dive off into like the actual context of the book and all that, I think it's important to state from the outset that this is about a marriage, specifically a marriage uh, relationship. And, and mm -hmm. so everything that we're discussing tonight is in the context of a man, woman, marriage relationship. Um, yeah. I do think it's kind of ironic that we're having this discussion tonight when just yesterday, um, 
Congress passes this thing and it's supposed to be called the Respect for Marriage Act. And they're basically redefining what marriage is. And yeah, we're not here to comment on that. I'm, I'm not going to dive into all that, but I do think it's slightly uh, ironic, possibly in the providence of God, that we're actually having this conversation. Because as Christians, number one, we need to know what marriage is defined by the mm-hmm. Bible. And then we need to know how to have healthy marriages as defined by the Bible. And so much of Christian culture, and especially uh, fundamental or, or legalistic culture, has dictated things into marriage that are not necessarily biblical. Yeah. Um, and so it's put it's put constraints on a man and woman's relationship that are not necessarily biblical. And and tonight is going to give us the opportunity to talk about that. So yeah. we, um, we we hit, we touched on that a little bit a couple of weeks ago in the Proverbs mm-hmm. discussion, talking about the Proverbs 31 woman. Oh, yeah. Like any woman who doesn't meet up to that <laughs> isn't like doesn't meet the standards. Like, yeah, about that. <laughs> I think so, you might have missed that point. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there's but there's. We need to be very careful, like not like not just we, but like we as a church and we as believers mm-hmm. need to be very careful when we're start adding anything extra f- besides scripture. Yeah. Or try reading something into scripture that's not there but just not try there. to and just try to force it in. Mm-hmm. Um I said Jesus. So um <laughs> sorry. I I've I'm 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 trying to be good, man. You can't set me up like that. <laughs> no, um, but like, but in especially in the context of marriage, the marriage relationship, that is a huge area that is misinterpreted, mm-hmm. misused, and I think there's a lot of abuse in a lot oh, of marriages yeah. from the man laying the hammer down and saying, "No, you're supposed to submit," mm-hmm. and. I think we need to be very careful as not like Anthony and I specifically, just Mm -hmm. like we as believers in the uh, big C church need to be careful when it comes to things like legalism and marriages and legalism in, in the home, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times you have people um, reading things in scripture that aren't there and trying to like rule their home with an iron fist almost where they're, trying to force their mm-hmm. wives to submit to their leadership, but their leadership isn't necessarily founded in scripture and founded biblically. And that's where a lot of uh, marital abuse can come from where you have oh, yeah. these men who are, um, he's saying it's my way or the highway, mm-hmm. but that's not what, that's not what scripture calls us to do when it says husbands, uh, love your wives as Christ loved the church. That means you are you are willing to lay down your life for her. Mm-hmm. And when it says wives submit to your husbands, um, as the church submits to Christ, like husbands should be men who are. Um, wow, this got really deep really fast. <laughs> did not yeah, intend did. for that, <laughs> but but like, but men should be following Jesus and leading their families well mm-hmm. and being men of integrity and being committed and being faithful and, and doing all those things so that their wives will submit to them. Like yeah. if you're, if you're a man who's, um, if you're a man who's not following Jesus while you claim to follow Jesus, like why would your wife want to follow you? Yeah. Why would your wife want to submit to you? Yeah. And if you try to rule from this place, it's like, no, I'm the husband. You have to listen to me. You have to do what I say. Like, 
on on the surface at at the very least that's abuse. Yeah. I don't know. It's yep. it's it's a very dangerous place that unfortunately a lot of uh marriages yes end up in. Yep. Uh we we had a discussion on this I believe uh pretty hard when we talked about complementarianism and contrasted that with egalitarianism and mm-hmm. and you know we fell into the complementarian category and and I feel like it's the most biblical model but I think there is a lot of pressure I think there's more pressure on men in a complementarian model than there is in an egalitarian model to mm-hmm. to be the example of Christ in your family mm. versus being the person who rules with the with the iron fist. Yeah. You know. So um but yeah, that you're you're absolutely right and what that does is that helps us set up the emphasis that the song of songs takes. Mm-hmm. And in talking about this relationship between this man and this woman, and and it's going to emphasize the love between the man and the woman, specifically inside of a marriage. Um, and then it's going to focus on the delight that happens when you're in a loving relationship, which is exactly what you were just talking about. A man who cherishes his wife as Christ loved the church and a woman who, because his her husband cherishes him, her, mm-hmm. she can willfully submit to his leadership in the home. Because she yeah. knows that he has her best interest at heart. Right. And so inside of that loving relationship, what that provides is an intimacy and specifically a sexual intimacy that only comes inside of a marriage relationship. And so mm. this this story and this poetry and this what we're gonna see happen is and it's not it's not a narrative story, it's not narrative like we've talked about. But you do see this back and forth like a play. I almost like part of me thinks this. I, we should read this like Shakespeare, almost kind of like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And and you there is some things happening, and there are these scenes that 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 we're going to go through. But the whole point of it is to say, this is what your relationship should look like, and that's why you don't really. I mean. We we know it's Solomon. Yes, we. I think every most every scholar agrees it's Solomon, but they never really point out that this is Solomon. You know, yeah. it's always just kind of like the man, or they call him her beloved, or his his love, or, or his beloved, and so they never. It's never a name drop thing, but it's always just kind of how could you put yourself in this in this story? Where do you fit into this story? Are you being mm-hmm. like the man? Are you caring for your wife? the way this man is caring for his wife. Wife, are you supporting and loving your husband the way this woman is supporting and loving her husband? And so mm. that kind of helps us get oriented. But let's talk a little bit about some of the advice. Before we walk through it, let's talk about some of the advice that we should take into reading Song of Songs. Okay, so uh, some people, like Anthony said, you know, the, the man in Song of Songs, some scholars think it's Solomon, but it's never like explicitly stated one way or the other mm-hmm. so but some people will call this book the song of solomon um it's not necessarily off base to say that yeah um but that um but there's still like ambiguity to the actual names of the characters so like mm-hmm. anthony was just saying you'll have like woman man um my, uh, the hcsb has um the indicators are woman man young women of jerusalem there's a narrator and there's also one or two sections where there's brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is interesting. The ACSB 
if there's some question about the identity, they'll put those letters in parentheses. So like the W's okay. in parentheses. Yeah. And it says like that that's basically them declaring who this is isn't really clear or we're not really sure who's talking here, but here's who it's generally agreed upon or who we think it is. Yeah. So um so let, so there's really primarily three voices that are going to speak throughout the Song of Songs. Um, you're going to have the woman who is the leading role mm-hmm. throughout. Um, and then you have the man who's opposite the lead. And he that when he speaks, he is celebrating the beauty of his love for the woman. So it's not mm-hmm. just the beauty of the woman or the attractiveness of the woman or right. what the woman makes him <laughs> feel, but like he is celebrating the beauty of his love for her. And yeah. that's a really important thing to indicate here. Yep. Um, and then finally, the third main voice that you're going to see throughout are the companions. They're yep. often called daughters of Jerusalem. Um, and th- these are there to help you see um, when the speaker changes. It's, basically, it's like a transitionary thing where we're going yeah. from one speaker to another. Yep. Um, one of the goals of each of this is um, is to help us see how each person in a marriage should see the other as yeah. a king or queen. Remember, wasn't Solomon the one with seven hundred wives? Yeah, something like that. He had a okay, bunch. So, so <laughs> like the Solomon thing I, that may also be part of the reason why we want to call it Song of Songs and not Song of Solomon. <laughs> um, but like, I I don't I, I that's I'm just throwing that out there. I have no idea. Um, but like. Men see your wives as queen, and women see your husband as a king. Yeah, um, that is something that is that's something that helps us throughout uh, this whole book. Yeah. Um. So this is here we go about to get into the awkward, um, <laughs> and it's my turn to talk, which is great. Um. So the modern reader is going to try to allegorize Song of Songs. Mm-hmm. Um. But the book is packed with passionate and sexual language. Yes. And like on purpose, on purpose <laughs> in scripture, um, God made it, God ordained it mm-hmm. for married men and women. So um, this helps us see that there's sexual desire um, is part of how. God made man and woman, yeah, and that it's given by God, mm-hmm. and it's good in the context of husband and wife. Yeah. Um. Sorry. You know, go ahead. No, this is this is a we we have to remember that sexual desire is a good thing, and that the church, in a lot of aspects, has diminished this and. Because of the way that the world has mm. devalued it and diminished it, we have then translated that to, to, to be like, this is a bad thing. And it's not yeah. a bad thing. It's, you know, and, and so you get this like, you get this like, you have to be a prude or you have to be pent up and you have to be, you can't, you know, there's no other purpose to sex other than to make babies. It's like, like that's that's a lot of times the way it's put forward, and you can't enjoy it, and you just have to do it to make that's, babies, and and that's terrible. My, that's the that's the thing that's interesting from my experience, having dealt with 
some pastors in, um, just in like personal relationships, mm-hmm. like one, a lot of pastors I know have way more kids than <laughs> people should have. Um, and then two, like I have a very vivid, like this is a core memory. Okay. This is, this is, you know, that, that thing that's going around right now, you know, talking about core memories. I, yep. I don't know why this is a core memory for me, but I had been back from uh, our honeymoon. It was like my first day back at the office. This is when I worked at the church. Mm -hmm. I am 22, about to turn 23. Or I may have been 23 when I came back to the office. I don't know. Like, that's how close my my (laughs) birthday and wedding anniversary is. (laughs) But, like, I'm in the hallway. I've been, it's like 930 in the morning. And one of the pastors, and you could probably guess which one, goes, Mm -hmm. so when are y'all going to have a kid? (laughs) I'm like, bro, we've been married like nine days. You need to chill. We'll have you to know your role. We need to have, we'll have kids when we have them. And it's just, yeah. you're right. Like there's this very weird thing is like, like when, like women, like when women get pregnant in the church, I don't that was that could have been real. I could have made that sound really bad. But like when women get pregnant in the church, like there's one way that happens, and yeah. like that the like sex is very rarely ever talked about in a positive light in the church yeah. because of all the negative connotations from outside the church. Like yeah. you were just saying, and the world has perverted it and made it into this like it's either taboo mm-hmm. or it's you don't talk about it because it's whatever not to talk about it yeah you know it's it's funny because the world what the world has done is exposed the pleasure of sex and mm-hmm. not only have they exposed it but they've broadcasted it and mm-hmm. that i think that's what's kind of created this taboo identity around couples having sex is it's you know you can't you're not supposed to get pleasure from it it's it's supposed to be an act that produces offspring and like that's that's the way we we paint it and yes that is an effect of it that is something that comes from a sexual union but it's not only that right you know it is meant to be and 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 the thing is if it wasn't meant to be that then i don't think god would have designed us the way he designed us you know he designed the female figure to be exactly what it is so that it was appealing to our eyes. And he has built men so that we are stimulated by our eyes and all of, you know, everything works like it's supposed to work because that's the way that God designed us. So if we're built this way and we're designed this way, and this book is supposed to be an example and it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. a, basically a written form of this, pleasure that we're built for by god then that really sets up the point of this book and there's a quote in this book and i want you to read it because i think it's a fantastic quote that just summarizes all of song of songs so read read that quote for us so from the uh book by book um how to read the bible book by book that we're using as our foundation um they say that uh they say this is thus god's way of recapturing both the fidelity and the unity and intimacy of marriage, which the enemy has tried to take away 
from God's people by making it seem either titillating Mm -hmm. outside of marriage or something shameful and unmentionable within marriage. Yeah. And that's, that's that's exactly it right there. Yeah. I mean, and it's so like, why is it uncomfortable for a married man or a married woman to talk about sex with other married men or married women like in the church? Why, why is it uncomfortable? Because we have let the world define what makes us comfortable and uncomfortable. And that that robs (laughs) us of the ability to be authentic with people. Yes, it does. Gosh. And it robs us of something that God designed to be pleasurable. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Gosh, Satan is the worst. Yes, he is. He He really is. That dude sucks. (laughs) Well, let's walk through this book because... That's, I mean, that's the only way we're going to get to it. And and we're going to do this pretty quick because in, when you get inside the story, we're not going to talk about all the metaphors and all that kind of stuff. They're, they're there. They are what they are. They would lead to nothing, but that's what she said all night long from us. So we're just going to try to avoid it. <laughs> we're trying really hard not to end up there. That's what we're trying to do. Um, also, also uh, just in transparency, our internet is being really spotty tonight. So we're trying we're cutting to, in and out. We're trying to do this as best we can. So we're not we're not trying to like forfeit uh, quality, but we're trying to get this done so y'all have <laughs> something to listen to. There so, you go. I don't know if you want to leave that in or not, but whatever. It'll be all right. So I'm going to take us through just the first couple of chapters here, um, and and it really sets it up. We open up with the kind of the prologue. We're introduced to the two lovers, the man and the woman. Um, we establish this pattern from the beginning um, where the woman talks first, and she kind of leads the stage. She kind of comes out there first. And then at the introduction, we see the use of the word the king. Which is interesting because that's what kind of leads you to believe this is Solomon, and this is Solomon and his wife. And so, um, if it, if this is literal, then yes, it is Solomon because I mean he was the king. So there's mm-hmm. there's that. Um, if it's not literal, I mean maybe it's somebody else, but it's re- it it doesn't detract from the point that the book is trying to make. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really focusing on the marriage relationship. It's focusing on the man and the woman together, and then that rolls us into the first scene, mm-hmm. uh, which gives us their first back and forth. And and this almost reads like a newlywed couple. You know, you get that that brand new couple or. Almost, I mean, even think of it as like, you know, if you remember, a lot of couples will do this when they remember after they get married, they'll think back to when they were first dating and they're, they're talking on the phone. Maybe they weren't around each other a lot sometimes. And they'd be like, okay, good night, good night, good night. Okay. You hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. Mm -hmm. And you you do that back and forth. That's almost how the first part of this, this first scene reads. And, and you enter into the, the, what we call in modern society, we would call it like the honeymoon stage. Mm -hmm. You're getting used to each other. You're learning things about each other. You're growing into this now formal, intimate relationship that has been started with a wedding. Um, and then the consummation of that wedding. And so that sets up our first couple of chapters and, and, uh, we don't have a lot of advice for women in this section and, and coming from two guys, I'm not going to offer a ton of advice to women. I don't know if Michael is, but I'm not. (laughs) And so, um, 
we're going to hopefully offer a bunch of bunch of advice to the men to be like, hey, here's how you should treat your wife. Um, so, ladies, if you're listening, um, I'm probably not going to give you anything groundbreaking to be like, yeah, for your husband. But I'm I'm sorry. That's that. That's I, I'm sorry. It's just what we know. It's we, just what we're we not going to we're not going to try to talk from a place we don't know or understand. That's which, right. I don't know how me, to be a woman. Just, yeah. No, there's there's no knowledge there at all from either of us so that's right so take us through the next two sections so we've been through the first scene lovers together and now we are into uh really the meat of the of the book um the rest of chapter two and part of chapter three is the second scene where we see hope invitation and dream um the uh, this part of Song of Songs is set up as a longing, as if the two lovers have been separated. Mm-hmm. This goes back to that whole "you hang up, no, you hang up," like back and forth that you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and here we need to be paying close attention to how the two go back and forth, and how um, this section kind of closes with the admonition of the daughters of Jerusalem, which is that third voice that mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier. Um, and then we get into um, the rest of chapter three um, goes into Solomon's wealth. And this is really where the argument about this being specifically Solomon comes from, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, you know, you know, Anthony, you talked about how this book is poetic in nature throughout. Mm-hmm. But right through here, it's more narrative. And yeah. so the poetic structure kind of goes away for a few verses. And then it's going to come back in chapter four. Yeah. Yep. So in chapter four, um, we get uh, really all of chapter four, and then I'll go ahead and roll all the way through chapter five, the third and fourth scene together. Um, in the in chapter four, we see the man taking the lead for the first time. Yes, thank you guys for finally taking the lead. Um, and and he's going to describe his lover and his desire for her, and he's going to do this in amazing details. Um, if you've if you've ever seen some of the uh, Song of Solomon Valentine cards, they're amazing because you get like you know her neck is like a flock of goats and it's like no goats. But uh, don't forget about Valentine's Day, fellas. That's coming up in a couple of months, so don't forget that. Um, but he's going to describe his lover here <laughs> in chapter four um, as in great detail, and it's you're going to see his passion for her because he's going to notice all of the little details about her. Um, and then in the fourth scene, uh, we see dream and we see search and the woman takes back the lead from the man here. Um, and in this, you, you kind of get this back and forth where this is almost like a dream sequence. And they're, they're kind of going back and forth with each other about how much they love certain aspects of each other. And they're, they're constantly this, like it's, you can still see the passion. You can still see the love that they have for each other in this scene and it, and it overflows in this mutual relationship that is intimate. And, and it's one that, that they're just, they're vulnerable with each other. They're available for each other and, and they're Mm -hmm. describing each other uh, in such a way that you're, I mean, it almost makes you feel uncomfortable when you read it as a reader, but you're like, man, 
what I wouldn't give to like have that kind of relationship. And, mm. and so, you know, guys take a, take a note here. It's okay. It's perfectly fine to be passionate with your wife. It's perfectly fine to be vulnerable with your wife. It's perfectly fine to do all of these things that doesn't make you less of a man. And, and being a man is not about pumping iron and, and having big muscles. It's about knowing and relating and being intimate with your wife and loving her as Christ loved the church. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can do that through a passionate, intimate relationship with her. And this book of Song of Songs, especially in these two chapters, sets that up for you perfectly. So if you need help, just go read the Song of Solomon. There you go. Done. <laughs> yeah. So take us through the last couple of sections there. So um, the next couple of chapters, uh, chapters six through eight, really um, build on what we've already been talking about, mm-hmm. the, you know, the delights of love here. We see that both men and both man and woman go back and forth throughout here. Um, the back and forth is prevalent throughout this book. Um, <laughs> and we see that their love for each other is expressed in such a way that they would gladly buck cultural norms to show their love in public. I think that's really um, interesting and probably um, unheard of when this was written for a man and woman to show affection for each other in public because of the cultural norms then. But even now, like how not odd or weird, but like maybe almost how refreshing is it to see like a married couple embracing each other or holding hands or – like, yeah, it could be a little awkward just because of like, okay, there's a there's a line to toe there. Get a you room. Get, you don't want to go too far, <laughs> but at the same time, like you don't want like you don't want to see like a married couple that's like not phys- yeah. doesn't seem to be physically interested in being present with the with each yeah, other. Exactly. So there is a there, there is a fine line between like showing like PDA. Like yeah. I feel like back in middle school, like keep it. <laughs> Keep it, keep it down with the PDA. No, but like, like, but like holding hands or putting your arm around your wife's shoulder or waist yeah. or, or giving her a hug or a kiss on the forehead or cheek or, you know, yeah. whatever is not inappropriate in any way, shape or form. Exactly. And the only thing that is not acceptable in, and I will, I will stand on this hill and I will die here. Same side sitters in a booth in a restaurant. Don't be same side sitters. Sit across from each other, please. <laughs> yeah. What if you're what? Okay, I'll, I'll I'll pose this question. What if it's two couples together sitting in a booth and so they couldn't get at a table for some reason? Uh, so to put so put I would men, say put the men on one side and the women on the other. Well, I'm I'm okay with doing husband wife husband wife if if there's four people, but. Same side sitters in a booth in a restaurant where you have a full bench and then an empty table across the way. No, not acceptable. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, men, show your wife some affection, mm-hmm. but keep it like, like show some affection in public, but don't be, don't go too far. Don't be dumb. And and you will know how far too far is when the <laughs> cops show up. So, um. <laughs> That's the end what of the she book. said. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, the uh, I'm not sure how how was that. We'll figure that know. out later. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, 
So the last nine verses of the book is the conclusion. We see the lo- that love uh, is uh, strong as death. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like this throws us throws me back to like at my wedding, saying mm-hmm. "Till death do us part," or for as long as we both shall live, or yeah. as long as one of what. And this this paints a picture of how men and women should be in a marriage relationship. Yes, like fully committed, a hundred percent. Until God calls one home. It's exactly right. And unfortunately, like like we talked about earlier, how cult, how the culture has like uh, robbed the joy of, of mm-hmm. sex and sexual intimacy. Like the culture has made divorce like an mm-hmm. easy an easy way out. It's and, it's no different in the church than it is in the culture. So yeah. Which is unfortunate and sad. And, yes, it is. Um, don't really know what else there is to say about <laughs> that. So, but there's a song of songs. We we did it. We did it. We made it. Yes, we did. Michael, will you pray for us? I certainly will. Do it. Um. So, Father, thank you for um, tonight. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the Song of Songs. And thank you for putting this book smack dab in the middle of Scripture for us to see that um, you have created um, sexual desire and sexual intimacy um, between a married man and a married woman. Um, in a marriage relationship together. Um, thank you for these words that pour out uh, from these pages and uh, show us how we can be more um, intimately connected with our spouses. Um, thank you for how you um, just wired man and woman to to want to have that desire. And God, I just pray that we use that desire in the right proper way from the right proper perspective. Um, and God, we thank you for that. Um, you are the maker of all good things in that sex and, um, intimacy with the spouse is included in that. God. So thank you. Um, thank you for, for that. Thank you for, um, just your word. Thank you for our time together tonight. Um, and I pray that um, this has been a challenging discussion for somebody. I hope it's been enlightening. Um, God, I pray that we've um, been able to speak truth and honesty and love um, into uh, anyone who hears us, God. Um, whether it be today or 10 years from now or 100 years from now, God, I pray that um, someone hears us and is challenged to uh, love their spouse better and um, just to fully enjoy the gift that you've given them. So, God, we love you. Uh, Again, thank you for um, all you continue to uh, do and how you move. And we just pray that you continue to do so in mighty ways that um, we may never understand, but we will give you all the honor and glory for. Uh, So, Jesus, we love you, and thank you again for your great love for us. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Amen.
Well, Michael, if they want to reach us on social media platforms, where do they do it? You beat me to it. I so, did. <laughs> um, that's what she said. Um, <laughs> if you want to find the Beers and Bible podcast on Instagram, we are there at Beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can find us on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast. And you can also email us at beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com. You can reach us at any and all of those uh, places. And we would love to hear from you if you have any questions about anything we've discussed or anything you would like for us to uh, try to review beer-wise on the podcast. We would love to do that. And we might even uh, give you a shout-out if we are able to review a beer you suggest. Don't know about the questions part. We may not give you a shout out on that. That may be a, you may want to keep that a little like more on the DL, but um, but yes, we'd love to hear from you and um, yeah, we'll keep doing this until just until until we until run, run out of Bible, th- which is not going to happen, or beer, which or is beer, also not going to happen. It's also not going to happen. There's new <laughs> beer all the time. So anyway, that's it. That's the episode. Sweet. Well, until next week. I hope your beer stays cold and your Bible stays open, and we will see you later. Peace out.